Yesterday, we talked three questions on the offense that need to be solved by the end of training camp. Today, we're talking three questions that need to be solved by the end of training camp for this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Let's go. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. As always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you would like to check us out in a visual platform, but wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so that you can update every single time we post content. If you do like content, make sure you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36 as I'm constantly posting stuff for the podcast, which you can find at LO underscore Sun Devils. You can also find my written content for all Sun Devils from Sports Illustrated. That would be at all Sun Devils all the time. So you guys have no excuse to not know everything that's going on with the Arizona State Sun Devils. Let's go ahead and jump into today's conversation. Yesterday, we were going over some of the questions that I have for the D or the offense as a whole. There's, there was a lot of different moving parts that really kind of connected together like like a puzzle or even like you're playing Tetris kind of thing. They all really fit together that way. But looking at the defense, I feel like there's a lot less questions and more of it is just kind of who ends up starting where rather than what's the production going to look like? What's the scheme going to look like? Now there is going to be a different scheme with a different defensive coordinator, but it's not like you're looking at this defense, which admittedly does have a lot of losses to deal with. You're losing five guys from your secondary. You lost two of your linebackers. You lost two of your edge rushers and a defensive tackle. There is a lot of replacing that's going on. Yet somehow I look at this defense and I don't have as many concerns as I do on the offense. And I think a lot of that has to do with a next man up mentality where I'm looking at these guys and I'm very confident in what they're going to be able to show me. There are some really good transfers that are coming in and all levels of the defense. There's some really good up and comers. There's guys who just are back from last year's team who looked very, very promising. So overall, I don't have nearly as many questions with the defense. Naturally, I, I think the biggest question we all have is like, what's it going to look like? It, we we have an idea of what it looks like on paper based off of the talent that's there, but we don't really know until we actually get to see it on the field. So far, the things you're hearing from camp is the secondary looks pretty good. Defensive line is doing their job. Obviously, the linebackers are going to be anything but a question mark for us. But breaking down this defense bit by bit, I think my first question comes up with the defensive line, and that's that's going to be what what does it look like? Because I feel like there's a lot of different directions you can go. You can go different multi-fronts. I feel like Arizona State is going to typically stay with that 4-3 look that they, they like to employ, and they get very creative with their pass rushing tendencies and schemes and lineups and you know this, that, and the other that they like to do. My 
my question is like, how do you want to get everyone involved? Because my goodness, there is a lot of guys to get involved here. Michael Mattis, of course, being the most uh, senior returned veteran kind of guy on that defensive line coming off a 28 tackle season, uh, sack and a half, never, never a huge sack guy, but has definitely really come into his own for the team. Feels very, very likely he is one of the starters. Uh, looking at the interior of the line, it feels like a lock that Omar Norman Lott and Nessa Jade Silvera are probably going to be your starters on the D-line. Jade Silvera, of course, being a transfer from uh, University of Miami, Florida. Omar Norman Lott going into his third season with the Sun Devils. I really like those two. I'm curious how you want to get BJ Green involved. Green, of course, coming off a season where he paced the Sun Devils in sacks with five. Looked really, really good. I like the idea of being able to flex Green all throughout the lineup and maybe get him outside on like closer to like the seven or nine tech edge compared to moving him inside to three or maybe even one tech. I knew he's not big enough for one tech and he's not fast enough for seven or nine tech, but I feel like he's a guy you can almost kind of get cute with and really just push him all over the line. That's one of the things that I'm going to be curious about. Across from Michael Mattis, I'm curious who ends up getting a start there. Trevez Moore definitely has the inside track to do it. And quite frankly, as a Trevez Moore truther, he should be the guy. In the three games he got to play last year, he was an absolute terror off the edge. And I think that he's going to come back better than ever in 2022 and prove that he is definitely capable of being that edge setting and quarterback terrorizing kind of player. There's lots of depth here, though. Anthony Cooper was a really, really talented player for the Sun Devils last year and logged three and a half sacks for the team. You've got some other guys as well, like uh, Tatala Vesifi and Garen Stan uh, Stansbury. Plus, you have incoming freshman Robbie Harrison. Joe Moore is there, too. I can't remember if I mentioned him. I don't think I did. That's a lot of really, really good defensive line depth. There are so many different possibilities that you can come up with here. It's going to be so much fun. Defensive line, for, for my money, is probably the deepest position across both sides of the football for Arizona State. There's You could seriously just rotate these guys, get them each you know 15 to 30 snaps a game, depending on how often you want to shuffle them around and just keep your defensive line constantly fresh and talented and well-organized and shuffled and all that good stuff. There's so many good things that are on this defensive line. It's really hard to not get excited about it. Plus, you have the guys that you anticipate to take big steps forward. You're hoping that Michael Mattis is able to go out with a huge bang in his redshirt senior season. You're wanting to see Omar Norman Lott really take that next step as a dominant interior lineman. You want to see BJ Green continue his positive progression after a really, really good freshman year. Hoping that Trevez Moore can bounce back to what he was doing. Hoping that Nesta Jade Silvera can continue being a dominant clog in the middle of the defense. There's a lot of potential and upside on this defensive line. Plus all that depth that I just talked about. Cooper, Moore, Pesifee, Stansbury, Harrison. There's so 
many possibilities that you could do here. And it's one of those where it's like you, you, how many guards are there? Two, four, six, eight, uh, 10 guys. And you do like the, the 10, 10 times nine times eight times seven times six and so on and so forth to come up with as many different combinations. And it feels like any one of those combinations you come up with could definitely yield some very interesting, if not very successful results for you. Arizona State has a very, very good problem to have on the defensive line. So my biggest question there is not questioning the talent whatsoever. It's just pretty much asking, what what's it going to look like? Are, are you planning to shuffle these guys a lot? Are you looking to kind of have, you know, your staples on the defensive line, like four guys, and then, you know, on certain downs and situations, you rotate them out kind of thing, give them a breather? Or is this a situation where you're constantly shuffling you know each drive is a different set of guys i'll be interested to see that because i think that's a very good situation and quote-unquote problem that the sun Devils have let's go ahead and hop into our first break when we return we're going to continue our conversation and go to the next question that i have regarding the sun devils defense this is the locked on sun devils podcast As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions will apply. And as always, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On Sun Levels your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Back into our conversation now. What, what is my next question? We're going to move up to the next level of the defense being the linebackers. I do not have a lot of questions here, but if I did have a question, who's the third linebacker? We know Kyle Sully, who led the team in tackles a year ago with 88, is starting. We know that Merlin Robertson, who finished third on the team a year ago in tackles with 64 and has been a starter for the Sun Devils since his freshman season back in 2018, he's entrenched. Soli is entrenched. Those are the two guys. Who's the third? You've got three different options. You've got Will Schaefer. You've got Caleb McGlo- uh, McClaw, McClolo, McCullo. Final answer, Caleb McCullo. That's what I'm going with. Caleb, I'm really sorry if I butchered that. Please, please feel free to yell at me. And Connor Soli, who's Kyle's brother. Those are the three guys that you're going to be looking at. Now, in my predictions for the starting 11, 
on defense that I did last week. I went with a 4-2-5 look where I only listed two linebackers starting. And the reason why is because you have a lot of guys in the secondary who are more proven compared to what you have in, in the linebacking court. So I like the defensive line. There's a lot of guys you can shuffle. I like the secondary. There's a lot of questions, but there's also a lot of really fun potential. Linebacker, you've got your two solidified studs with Sully and Merlin Robertson. And then the third guy. Now, this isn't a bad thing. This is actually a very intriguing role that we've got going on here. It's one I'm really looking forward to because this is going to determine the future that you have right now is there's there's a lot of guys who are going to be competing for playing time, not just this year, but also next year. I'm looking at uh, at Caleb McCullough, McCullough, Caleb McCullough. I'm looking at Will Schaefer and I'm looking at and I'm looking at Connor Sully between the three of them. They combined for 21 tackles last year and 16 of those came from Connor Sully. And Connor Sully has looked pretty dang good. I think he looked better than his brother at times last year. To me, he's probably the third linebacker right now because he has the most experience. He is, for what it's worth, a redshirt sophomore with the team. Or, excuse me, he's a a redshirt junior with the team. So, of the other two, because McCullough is a redshirt sophomore, as is Will Schaefer, he's got a little more experience compared to the two, a whole a whopping whole year, but he does have more playing time on the field. Uh, McCullough only recorded two tackles a year ago, and Schaefer recorded three. McCullough appeared in just one game. Schaefer appeared in four. Comparatively, Connor Sully, again, like I said, he had the 16 tackles aforementioned, but he appeared in seven games. And he got himself some pretty decent playing time when you consider he was like the fifth linebacker. Because remember, you you had Kyle Sully, you had Merlin Robertson, but you also had Darian Butler and Eric Gentry, both of whom are obviously gone for different reasons. Who the third linebacker is will be important this year. Now, it may not be one of those situations where Arizona State is rolling out their linebackers nearly as much as they were last year because that was probably the strength of your roster. Four of your top six tacklers were your linebackers a year ago. Two of them are gone. It it is very unrealistic to expect that kind of production from your linebacker core again. But that doesn't mean that you can't get a very talented guy. What I would look at here for Arizona State is, more than anything, how does your outlook look for 2023? You'll have McCullough back. You'll have Schaefer back. You'll probably have Connor Soley back. And you will have uh, two commits coming in for the 2023 class. Uh, Ziri Alexander, who committed uh, yesterday, Monday, August 8th. And you'll have R.L. Miller, who committed uh, a little while back. I don't remember when. But that'll give you five pretty young and pretty inexperienced guys on this roster to compete for three linebacker spots because Robertson and Kyle Soley are both going to be gone next year. So this battle is not only important for 2022, but it's going to be very, very telling for 2023 so we can figure out, okay, is the linebacker core going to be just fine 
or is this going to be something we really need to address in the transfer portal? It is, there's, there's a lot hinging on who the third linebacker is this year. It, it's not just about 2022. This is going to play into 2023 as well. So very important storyline to monitor there. Let's go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, I got one more question for the defense that I want to see answered by the end of training camp. This is the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. And make sure that you guys are staying tuned with everything going on in the Pac-12 by tuning in to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast hosted by my good friend Spencer McLaughlin. Get all of your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less and stay in touch. Make it your second listen of the get of the day, guys. You get your ASU stuff and you get your Pac-12 stuff. You're in the loop with everything. Best of both worlds. Final question. Going to the secondary. Final, final part of the defense here. There's a lot of new faces. You lost three corners. You lost Chase Lucas, you lost Jack Jones, and you lost Tommy Hill. You lost both your safeties. DeAndre Pierce is gone. Evan Fields is gone. Incoming are two transfers at safety in Chris Edmonds and Corey Bethley. You have a couple other guys at corner who are coming in, most notably Roe Torrance. You have some good depth guys who should be able to step into bigger roles. The Markham brothers, Keon and Kawan. Jordan Clark is a guy I absolutely adore. He is probably the only guy on that defense that I would be willing to say has like a guaranteed starting spot in the nickel. The rest of the secondary, to me, feels like a, a total toss-up. To Marcus Davis feels like a lock for one of the outside corner spots. Corey Bethley feels like a lock at one of the safety spots. The rest of it really feels like it's anybody's game. So my question, who are the outside corners going to be? I think when it's all said and done, the predictions I made for my starting 11 at safety, I said Corey Bethley and Kawan Markham get my starts, but Chris Edmonds is going to be heavily involved. Like I said, Jordan Clark is going to lock up the nickel. There's no competition for him there. Not that there isn't talent behind him, but he is that good. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Jordan Clark is your nickelback, and that is a very, very great thing. Outside corner, there's a lot of intriguing, intriguing talent and conversation here. Like I said, I feel like Tamarcus Davis, it in a worst-case scenario, has an inside track for one of the two spots. He's probably your corner one, I would think. From there, you have the aforementioned Torrance transferring from Auburn. You have the aforementioned Markham brother, this one, Keon Markham. Those two will get first dibs at the spot. You have Isaiah Johnson, who's a redshirt freshman, and you know people are pretty excited about him. He is a very athletic guy. He's got great size at 6'1", so you hope that he's got that outside potential. Naturally, like we just said, he redshirted last year, so we don't know much about him at all. We're going to find out. You're going to be looking at RJ Reagan, uh, who transferred, I believe. You have Ed Woods. You have Tariq Luckett, and potentially Mason Williams, although Mason Williams is listed as a nickelback as well behind Jordan Clark. That's a lot of guys and not a lot of starting time. 
Plus for Arizona State in a situation like what I had where they ran the 4-2-5 defense, you have one of those three corner, corner spots is locked up. You might have two locked up with Tamarcus Davis. So now you look at the rest and you're like, hmm, who's it going to be? This is a good problem to have, but it's also one where we don't have a lot of clarity. There's a lot of different directions this could go. Now, I know that Roe Torrance is a very intriguing option because he is a six foot four corner. He's massive. Also, correction, RJ Reagan is not a transfer. My apologies. Um, Roe Torrance, massive dude. You know that they're going to want to try and get him out there if they can because it's just so in- enticing to think that you've got this absolutely massive human who can move. He is fluid and have him mirror match with any receiver opposing him. And it, it does make a difference. It's very hard for a five foot 10 corner to cover a six foot three receiver, but a six, four corner covering a six, three receiver. If he can move with them, I mean, that's about as good as it gets. So, you know that they're going to want to get Torrance out there, but at the same time, Keon Markham, has proven to be a very, very quality guy. He's no, he's not small either. He's six foot one. He had some pretty good playing time as well last year uh, for the team. He ended up recording an interception and a little bit of time played. He hasn't been overly featured because of the amount of depth that Arizona State has had at corner over the last few years. Like I said, you had Chase Lucas, who was with the program five years. You had Jack Jones come in back in 2020. Uh, yeah, 2020. It might have even been 2019. Uh, Tommy Hill has been an important part of that defense as well. You've had a lot of different guys who have had very large roles in the secondary, and it's been hard for Keon to get consistent playing time. This feels like his absolute opportunity now, though, to basically secure this spot and make it his own. You know, they, it's up to him. This might be one of those where, like, it's Keon's to lose. And I'm here for it. Because I think that Keon can be a very, very good cover man. Plus, it would be pretty cool if Keon and Kawan ended up getting the starts for you. Which I believe is what I had for my starting 11. That would be a really cool storyline, more than anything. It's not the end-all be-all, but overall, I think that there's really three guys that are going to be competing for the starting two spots, at least at the start of the year. It's between Tamarcus Davis, Roe Torrance, and Keon Markham. Those are the three guys. There's two spots. Who's going to get them? Because Jordan Clark's got the nickel. None of those guys are playing safety. And even if they were, between Kawan Markham, Corey Bethley, and Chris Edmonds, there is not a spot for any of them to be playing safety for the Sun Devils. It, it, is, a, it is a great battle that we're going to be watching. There's a lot on the line here because there's a lot of uncertainty at the corner spot. We're not necessarily worried about it, but we definitely have some questions and we're hoping that these guys are able to answer those questions in a way that we are satisfied with, but that is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the locked on some of podcast. So thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you would like to check us out in a visual platform, but wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure that you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications 
so you get an update every single time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. If you're on Twitter, follow me at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. And follow all Sun Devils, at all Sun Devils, for all the content that I'm pumping out for everything Arizona State. With those three accounts followed, you're going to be in touch with everything that's going on with the greatest college in the entire United States. But until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.